0: Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue going through a little bit of a sidebar from where we have been in uh, recent weeks and months, nearly, We've been going through the Gospel of John, but um, it's sort of the summer season of 2018 around the 4th of July, and so we started looking at just some examples in the Scripture of how to pray on behalf of a nation, how to pray to God when a nation and when a people have turned from God and sought and gone their own way and done their own thing. Uh, Appropriate for us, don't you think? And so uh, we've looked at Daniel chapter 9. We've looked at Ezra chapter 9. And now we're looking at Nehemiah chapter 9. And in Nehemiah, you see what the Levites had gathered the people together. We saw this in the last couple episodes. And they told the people to stand up and to bless the Lord. So the first thing, as we saw in the last episode, was that they blessed the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. So they were blessing Him. They blessed His glorious name. They exalted Him. They praised Him. They declared That he is to be exalted above all blessing and praise. And then uh, last time together we looked at verse 6. And here's what verse 6 says. You are the Lord. You alone. And folks, this again is such a, a pattern for us for how we need to pray. How we need to approach the Lord. To start at the beginning. To declare, yeah, we believe you are the Lord. You alone. He's going to pick up this idea in the very next verse, okay? They re- reiterate this. So you are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. And you preserve all of them. And the host of heaven worships you. So they begin... Uh, declaring who the Lord is, what he has created, uh, everything, the host of heaven, all, the earth, all this on the earth, the seas, all this in the sea, that he created them. And not only did he create them, he preserves all of them also. That's a very important truth that is often ignored in even the church today. Now, verse 7, you are the Lord. So again, they pick up that, that statement. They declare to him, you are the Lord. The God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and gave him the name Abraham. So they are acknowledging again that God is the Lord, and then they're acknowledging what the Lord has done in their lineage. They go all the way back to the beginning of them as a people, and they declare it is forthrightly, God, you chose Abraham. Why Abraham? Because God chose him. Other portions of Scripture, the Lord gives us more insight into it. Actually, he tells them, I didn't choose you because you were the mightiest and the most powerful and the wealthiest and all this kind of stuff. As a matter of fact, he chose them because they were the weakest. But they're acknowledging that they were chosen by Abraham and through Abraham, their forefather, and that God brought him out of the Chaldeans. As the Lord gave him the name Abraham. Abraham, and he changed his wife's name from Sarai to Sarah. And people often go, oh, why did God do that? Literally, what the Lord did was he changed their names to modify, to show what they're going to become. Abraham uh, means father of nations. He's going to be a father of nations. But the really cool thing is that God literally inserted his name in the midst of their names. Abram to Abraham, the A H in the middle of Abraham, is a representative of the Hebrew word Yah, which is the name of God, Yah. And he put his name literally in the middle of Abram's name. So they are declaring before the Lord that they know that they are children of Abraham, that God chose him, that God gave him a name and declared to him that he would make a nation out of him. And then they show how he did this in verse 8. You found his heart faithful before you and made with him the covenant To give to his offspring the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Jebusite, and the Girgashite. And you have kept your promise, for you are righteous. So they're going back to the beginning of who they are. They've gone all the way back to the beginning of the creation, saying, God, you've done all this. And in choosing, Abram, he didn't choose Abram because Abram was the most perfect of all of them. No, no. He chose him, and when he made covenant with him, Abram proved himself to be faithful to God. The covenant that God made with Abram, you'll find in uh, Genesis 12, and then really fleshed out in Genesis 15. And God said there's going to be some things that happen right here. He was going to give him an offspring of uh, such a multitude that the sands of the sea would not count them all and the stars of the sky. Mm -hmm. Abraham had no children at this time, you know, and he was old, but he was receiving this covenant promise from God. So God promised that, but he also promised something else. He promised land, and that's what's being mentioned right here. He promised that he would give land to them, and, and they're saying the Lord has been righteous and he's done that. Well, what land did God give them? He gave them the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, Perizzite, Jebusite, and the Gergeshite. Well, people go, well, that's not fair to them. It's not an issue of fairness. It's an issue of holiness and righteousness and the fact that God is God. And these folks had turned their back totally on God, and God was punishing them, and he was purging them from the land. So we continue, verse 9. And you saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and heard their cry at the Red Sea. So what we see them doing is giving a big-picture historical account of what the Lord has done for them. They pick up the account of it with there being an affliction in Egypt. God had told Abram about that in Genesis 15. He said, your people will be in bondage and be enslaved for 400 years, but in the fourth generation they will come out. Uh-huh. And so at that time, a generation was 100 years old. And so they're acknowledging that, that, the Lord was the one that saw their affliction. He brought them out of Egypt, and he heard their cry at the Red Sea. Well, what was the cry at the Red Sea? Well, the next part of the verse, the next part of the sentence, which is verse 10, helps us. And heard their cry at the Red Sea, and performed signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants and all the people of his land. For you knew that they acted arrogantly against our fathers." And you made a name for yourself as it is to this day. Now, remember what, what these Levites are leading the people in doing. And all the people are joining together in this. They're repenting of the sin they had done. And the sin they'd done was they were taking uh, people of the land for wives, and they weren't supposed to do that. And now they're acknowledging all that God has done. And it's going to come to this point where they realize, where they're declaring, God, knowing you've done all this, forgive us for the stupid stuff we've done. The cry at the Red Sea was when uh, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt were at the Red Sea and the Egyptian army was behind them and they didn't know what to do and God parted the sea. But verse 10 refers to all the signs and wonders. Remember the ten plagues? All the things that were done against Pharaoh and all his servants and all the people of the land. (coughs) That's interesting because every one of those ten plagues was done against one of the supposed gods, one of the gods of the Egyptians, okay? And uh, they are gods in the sense because they're divine beings, okay? They're divine beings that have turned their back against God. And they're acknowledging right here that it is the Lord who is victorious over them. And what the Lord had done was this. You made a name for yourself as it is to this day. The Lord had made a name for himself. So they're eventually going to come and say, you've made a name for yourself. How dare we come along and besmirch that name in our actions and our activities? Folks, We would do well to do this. We would do well to recount what the Lord has done for us. Even going back generations and generations, if we know the history of our families, for instance, we would do well to do that, to give praise, to give thanks to God and repent and confess over what we've done in rebellion to Him. Thank you for being with me again. I'm Dale. do pass the word about these times together from one another. Uh, Word of mouth is the way we grow. And so I'll talk to you next time.